cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 13th of October 2008. Newcomers go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and download as many of the free audios that are on that site as possible, because I try and fill in the big picture for the people, a picture which is out there, it's available to the public, but it's never broadcast by the regular media. I try to use documentation put out by the big foundations themselves and show you how they're all interconnected and how they guide your life. Also look into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download and print up in the various languages of Europe. And I've been talking in the past about how we live through a script the world is just one big business plan run by powerful, well-connected, interconnected, interwoven, intermeshed foundations and NGO-type groups. Democracy, you see, even in the late 1800s, was defined as a system that would eventually transform into a different kind of system where representation would be in groups groups within the public and they would have the ear of the politician and their ideal form of democracy their ideal, I'm talking about the elite now because they did not believe that the plebes should have a right to say or demand anything in their lives they did believe that powerful organizations which they would set up would speak on behalf of the people that is how the Soviet system was run. Soviet means rule by councils. They are NGO groups. But these NGO groups we find in our New World Order, which have been here for quite some time, are heavily funded by the big foundations. The foundations that were set up by multi-billionaires that belonged to organizations in their own time, the same organizations that brought them up to wealth. You cannot get up into that kind of wealth and power unless a pre-existing system allows you in. They are dedicated to their tasks once they're chosen. And it truly is a form of secret society. Secret societies have been running the world for a long time. And there's no doubt about it, Albert Pike talked about the necessity for their own organization, their own part in this organization, to strive to gain incredible wealth by all means, including the stock market. And they become masters over the masters of the world. Well, you see, they were doing it in the 1800s. They were doing it before Pike came along. Adam Weishaupt also talked about the necessity to create big foundations that would appear be philanthropic organizations, 
charitable foundations. And they, once again, would be accepted by the public because who can complain about a charity? But in reality, these charities would be pushing an agenda for total control over the entire planet. That has happened. We find big players have come out publicly, and some of them, of course, could not keep their ego in check. We find H.G. Wells talking about this in his own writings. Look at all the non-fictional works that he turned out on behalf of this society. It's worth to read. Look into it for yourself. And we're back with more about this after the following break. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about foundations and non-governmental organizations that all seem to be on board, as pirates like to say, with the same agenda. They all have their special area to perform in. But you'll notice that all throughout universities and business schools, the green agenda is a mantra. It's a religion that you cannot question because it's a must-be. And under this religion, everybody on the planet will be subject, that's the key to it, subject to its mandates and its controls. We find that that Mr. Rockefeller and his predecessors were heavily involved in the eugenics movement. They espoused all the Malthusian doctrines of Thomas Malthus uh, with his particular depopulation scenario and all his wrong figures, but they still spout off the Rockefeller Foundation, the same foundation that funds over 70 NGO groups directly and many more indirectly that run your lives. Because, you see, governance is part of this new Soviet system. That's why they call it governance, not government. You'll have your regular politicians who are self-serving, and again, they chant the correct mantras, They know that this new religion, they know which way the wind blows, and even if they don't believe in it, they will make sure that it is pushed forth in public policies. But they work in cooperation now with the non-governmental organizations that are in every town and city across the planet. That's what the new Soviet means, the new governance system. But not anyone can start up an NGO and be accepted. You have to have or be credited by the United Nations. They decide who will be accepted and who will not. I was looking at a, a YouTube film uh, about a speech with a, by Rockefeller himself. And this ogre of a man who keeps going and talks all over the world cannot keep his favorite topic of depopulation under wraps. He's got to espouse it wherever he goes. This is the same man who gives out global citizenship awards to almost every major public figure you can imagine, and all your politicians too, the next ones. Global citizenship awards. How can they run for candidacy when they're talking about nationalism and, and America or Canada or Australia, New Zealand or Britain or any other country when they're already committed to global citizenship? You should double think if you still think you have nations and you go and vote for these characters. 
I'll put the link, this Rockefeller link, up on my site tonight. You'll hear him talking about it yourself. And the need to bring down the populations drastically. That's why we're getting the NGOs now into the greening movement. Big time. And they're involved with local councils and governments and so on. The new Soviet system. Remember what the Club of Rome said in their own book, The First Global Revolution. The founders said that back in the 70s they dreamed up the idea that humankind was the problem. Man was at war with the planet, and therefore the planet was at war with man. Man was the enemy. That would fit the bill of global warming. Global warming would fit the bill. And that's what we have today, this this unquestionable religion of global warming and man's destruction on the planet, right down to its fantasies like all religions have, has become dogmatic and ruthless of taxing you or penalizing you for various things, carbon footprints, designed to get right into the heads of people, especially rather obsessional housewives perhaps, of a picture of Johnny walking across the nice Sears carpet with his dirty footprints. It's a complete fantasy, you see, carbon footprints. But it will work because it will be made to work. And they're already talking about and setting up the system to tax certain foods to show you how much carbon is produced in the production of this meat, etc., because they want you off meat. We're run, as I say, by these organizations. And they're big organizations which sort of network with them all, such as the Royal Institute of International Affairs, again, a private organization authorized by the British Crown to take a sidestep around democracy, at least a democracy that you thought was real. To say their new type of democracy is where the elite themselves, being the better types, naturally, who are obviously more intelligent since they've grabbed power and kept a hold of it for generations, they have the right to decide what happens to everyone's life on the planet. Here's an example of this particular type of thing. And it's been exposed on a, a site here that's called no one needs to die tomorrow.com. And I'll put this link up too at the end of the show. It says here, British NGO forecasts five brave new world scenarios set in 2030. This British NGO is quite interesting. This is by Amy de Maselli on the 13th of October 2008. Since the mainstream media is reporting on what the world will be like in 22 years based on a fictitious account made up by a non-governmental organization known as Forum for the Future. You can look into this Forum for the Future. It's a very interesting site. Look at who's funding it. The big corporations, the military-industrial complex, in fact, are funding them. And governments, too. They also have a part there, if you look into all their links and what they're all about and so on, called Masterclass. Masterclass. You know, the natural elite who have the right to rule your lives, they're called, they'll all be part of the Masterclass. They've got a Masterclass card. But it says here, the self-proclaimed charity committed to sustainable development, again, a Rockefeller ideal, working on behalf of big business, 
76-page report titled Climate Futures, a Response to Climate Change in 2030, was created in collaboration with the Hewlett-Packard Labs. They outlined the possible scenarios, five possible scenarios of what type of brave new world hell we could be living in by the year 2030, efficiency first, service transformation, redefining progress, environmental war economy, and protectionist world. Each one has its own timeline, a make-believe history with wide array of things that may occur between 2009 and 2030 if we don't start making global warming our number one priority. They include artificially grown flesh to feed hundreds of millions. It's kind of like soil and green, isn't it? Cars run on batteries. That stuff was talked about in the 50s. Microwave weapons deterring hurricanes. They've got all that stuff now. A supercomputer named ALF8, against ALF8, making predictions. A global, so they'll have their own form of oracle, you see. These characters have always been into various things like channeling and horoscopes and all this kind of stuff done through the centuries if you follow the lineages. It says a global recession and global taxes. Well, we've got that already. And bionic games in California. The middle class is destroyed all over the world. Well, that's what they're doing, isn't it? Water shortages, food shortages, they're created too. Starvation, the rise of India and China, the fall of America, Russia freezing out Europe, and virtual Olympics. We have most of this stuff already. A suicide epidemic in the U.S. because of an economic depression. It's funny that because I was just looking at... uh, a site, uh, it's a company, it's in Britain, it's also in Australia, it's actually international, it's called Exit International, being given a go-ahead to preach this doctrine of death for those who want out of this life. If it becomes too hellish, which it's going to get, because it's designed to become that way. It says here, famine in Southeast Asia, $400 a barrel oil, heat wave in Europe kills 200,000, and denying climate change is a thought, a thought crime and conviction gets you deported to an international convict settlement. It's almost there already, isn't it? In fact, it will be, because because if you don't go along with climate change and pay your carbon taxes, you'll be a criminal, you see. And all the little children, they're utterly brainwashed, again, by the big NGOs that sit and make up the, the curriculum for children, their indoctrinations, they're raising up a, an army of little Nazis, the perfect Nazis, even, even Germany never had this kind of perfection in scientific indoctrination. This has been done today. This is a very brave new world indeed. The press describes climate futures as sketches of social consequences from today's global warming crisis that are based on studies and consultations with climate change specialists. Do you know, if you look into the climate, the whole thing about global warming, it's all, and I'm talking about the UN group, is all funded to do this. All the scientists that get their paychecks for preaching this doctrine. So they must all believe in it, right? Or you don't get a paycheck. You find that it's based on one paper, one main paper written by a scientist. And the whole doctrine is based on that. The whole doctrine. It's astonishing. But then again, it's not really, since that defined uh, a method to, to get people into a war mode, a war on something. In a global society, you've got to find new enemies. 
So man himself is the enemy, according to the Club of Rome, a big think tank and NGO. This is a very brave new world indeed. It says, NATO is ready to go to war if necessary to enforce the 2020 Beijing Climate Change Agreement and water shortages have already forced the banishment of Central Australia and Oklahoma. Booming megacities are only just managing to cope and fuel poverty is a huge problem. After a decade-long global depression, following 2008 crash, governments give a tight regulatory hand on the economy, encourage citizens to put greater priority in quality of life rather than making money. Back in a moment after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and reading from an article I'll put these links at the, on my site at the end of the show and I'm going to jump over to this particular organization that is talking about sustainability the 2000 Sustainability Masterclass with Jonathan Porritt I'll put that link up as well Just focusing on the role of business leaders in mainstreaming sustainable development within an organization the master class is designed for business leaders from all sectors and all functions. Jonathan Porritt will guide participants through the key sustainable development issues, providing provocation, insight, and experience in equal measure. Consisting of a small group with industry peers, sharing 24 intense hours together with Jonathan, the master class provides the ideal opportunity to share learning on sustainable development and develop contacts with other business leaders. You see, all business leaders today know, as I say, what is politically correct or religiously correct, because, you see, this is designed to be a religion. And those who seek power in business or politics generally are psychopathic in nature. That's the name of the game. That's the method. That's the, that's the whole thing, actually, about this governance and government has never been any different those who succeed in a commercialized economy are generally psychopaths. They have no conscience. They don't go home at night and worry about that they hurt someone's feelings. It doesn't occur to them. It doesn't matter to them. And therefore, in all ages, this group have gone into churches, top of churches and so on, and run the show. When churches at one time, remember, were government, and they worked with royalty all over the planet. They don't have to really believe in a religion, but they must espouse it, and they do so mercilessly on those beneath them. It's complete hypocrisy. So now it's global warming and carbon footprints and the need for sustainability, which is nothing more than eugenics, the old eugenics program of this very old society that's come down through the centuries. You see, life is just detective story. You see the clues and the MOs down through history, and you must start connecting the dots. Why is one group in one area in one century into this particular thing of greening and sustainability, strange sexual conduct, the strange religion, in fact, always claiming persecution like the Cathars did and the Albigensians. Very, very rich people too, but with rights of perfection for those who rose above a certain level. And when you were perfect, 
you were a god. You were above the laws, obviously then, which were meant for common man. You could do as you wanted to. Do as thou wilt is the whole of the law. That was once again brought up out of the dust by Alastair Crowley in another organization that spawned off of it. They have many splinter groups all working separately and yet together. Separately, you see, because they're all specialist groups. You find it in the eugenics movement that Rockefeller and others are into. Just, just our generation's problem is, is, is coming from them. These characters have been here for many, many generations, intergenerational. They have long-term plans, long-term goals, and they know that their descendants will be running this world in a hundred years and more. They know this. They're handing it on to their posterity, everything they have made, the master builders. And they have many idiots beneath them working for them too in all levels of society. Many, many idiots, many do-gooders too who believe the propaganda and fall for it all and become willing devotees who go around with tin cups around doors to save Willie and all of this kind of stuff. It's quite fascinating how propaganda works. But then it must work if it's the only propaganda you listen to. And it will work when it's the only propaganda you'll ever, ever get, which is here now. I mentioned a few weeks ago, too, about the, how the system now is getting merged, totally global, and how they've got a few problems left to solve, where they're about to solve the last one. And that's to do with the economy. Because the last meeting, as I said last week, was Bretton Woods, an emergency meeting set up by world socialist leaders on behalf of those who already ruled the planet, the ones with the money. And they took the world basically off the gold standard and brought in a fractional reserve system. They created massive bubbles of thin air, basically, nothing to back money. So they only had to keep a fraction of the money. And I, I don't know how, what it started off at 20% or whatever in reserve. And then each time, each 10 years or so, they, they cut it down and cut it down until it's only 10% necessary to be held in real reserve. The rest of it's loaned out into thin air. And they knew it would never last. And that's why, too, they started off in all the countries, the same countries, the allied countries, as they called it during World War II. They started off in the 50s. The social security systems, social welfare systems, your pension plans, and even published right up to the present time. There's no money in the pension plans. As soon as you put the money into government, it's immediately spent on other projects because they knew that hit this time. They knew 50 years down the road it hit today when they're going to change the system again and create this big, big bubble. And let's be honest, you see, these characters could have kept this bubble going on as long as they wanted to. It was based on nothing anyway. But it's time to go into a business plan. It's time now to go to the next step of utter enslavement for the rest of the people who live in La La Land anyway. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, 
Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Telling you boring stuff, which is boring to me because everything uh, that I talk about I could predict. Not because I'm looking at a glass ball somewhere or reading cards like a card shark. I just read the agendas by the big foundations and that's all you have to follow. You read their agendas, you see who belongs to these foundations, you'll see every major politician that's ever existed is a member of pretty well at least half a dozen each. And they're all interconnected and they're on board towards one agenda. They smell the wind and which way it's blowing and being politically correct and good psychopaths, they know to toe the line, as the Masons say. And as I say, this is an article here I'm going to read now that was in Google News just a few hours ago. London, world leaders must meet to agree to a new Bretton Woods system, Prime Minister Gordon Brown said on Monday, referring to the global financial architecture established at the end of World War II. Speaking as the government announced its latest move to try to stabilize the creaking banking system, Brown said the current crisis should be seen as an opportunity. You always see, hear them saying this, it's an opportunity. They see all these things as opportunities to push through delayed reforms. I think it was Gary Hart mentioned to the CFR right after 9-11 happened uh, that we should see this disaster as an opportunity to push forth what Mr. Bush Sr. said are called a new world order. They always use these terms, you see. Sometimes it takes a crisis for people to agree that what is obvious and should have been done years ago can no longer be postponed, he said in a major speech on the fast-moving world financial crisis. We must create a new international financial architecture, there's your terms again, for the global age, adding, we must have a new Bretton Woods building, a new international financial architecture for the years ahead. Well, guess who's been put on the tab to pay off all of these debts as they bail out the banks and write off their debts? Well, generations and generations and generations to come. In other words, perpetual slavery. This is what they've been after forever, coupled with, as I say, the whole greening agenda, the carbon footprint agenda, the global warming agenda, and all the other agendas to give you an utterly restricted, planned society. Family planning, now it's global family planning, and it's going to be mandatory shortly. Says here the Bretton Woods system was agreed at the end of World War II, set in place the world's financial architecture. And then he says, while the founders of Bretton Woods devised rules for a world of limited capital flows, we must devise new rules for a world of global capital flows. You know, Britain was complaining when Iceland went under and it, with its banking system because a lot of these big foundations had their money sunk in a bank there that promised them the highest returns. And it was odd, too, that many of the, the, the townships in Britain had money invested as well. The public probably didn't even know that. There's always two sets of books, you see. But here's the deal, look, that's come out of that, that Britain is going to buy those banks and make good on all the loans. So the taxpayer of Britain is going to bail out the bankers. So is it all those big shysters who invested there will get all their money. Isn't that a great deal, eh? Wonderful. But we cannot call that corruption. No, no. Corruption only happens at the bottom level amongst those people who breed 
indiscriminately, apparently. All the little people. White-collar crime. You see, it's no crime. It's no crime to wear a business suit and a suit and tie and to go to big meetings and be called respectable. It's no crime when you do these things because you simply change the laws so that it's not a crime. That's what they do. In fact, generally they change the laws before they commit the crime. Why not when you've got the power to do that? That's not bad at all, is it? I think white-collar crime is way, way bigger than any, any drug problem on the streets with people selling little talks of dope. But they always get away with it at the top because they're respectable, and we're trained to see them that way. Trained to see them that way. Tragic situations we live in. It's tragic because the public have been given a, an alternate reality, a scientifically designed, indoctrinated reality, which bears very little resemblance to the real one, the real parallel reality that coexists. The reality that's talked about between peer groups on upper levels that discuss the population problem, as they generally call it, as they discuss uh, the banking problems and the credit problems and debt problems. Margaret Thatcher, and I've talked about this a few times, mentioned this parallel government, so did Professor Carol Quigley, who was the historian for the American branch, the Council on Foreign Relations. And they both called it a parallel government. Quigley said that it had already existed for 60 years running America and Canada. And he wrote his book in the 1960s. They make the real decisions, the real deals, and we get nothing but trivia and nonsense by the media. The media is owned by them too, of course. Most members of the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, or at least most, most newspaper men, magnets and so on, are members of this organization. In fact, it's pretty well mandatory. You must be you, can be, you couldn't be independent and get up there at that level without being a member because information is power, knowledge is power. And you can keep people very ignorant if you give them the fake lower reality where you tell them there's no nation. It's funny how we're always, we were international and global before 9-11 happened. We heard the mantra everywhere. And suddenly 9-11 happens and presidents and prime ministers go back to their to, to nationals. We're all we're all a nation, you know. We have to go off and fight to, dis, to to defend the nation. And now that that's been going on for years, we're back to global again. And the public don't notice the difference. Four legs good, two legs bad, two legs good, four legs bad. As Orwell said in Animal Farm. Total indoctrination, scientific indoctrination, and utter trivia. And even amongst all the trivia, there's indoctrination. Even in comedies, there's indoctrination. You can't turn on a TV set in any talk show without the same mantras of, well, families are no use anyway, who needs them anymore, etc. Everything is indoctrination along the same lines. Quite fascinating. But the public don't know because that's all they've ever known is that television and the cheats that they suck on, which they enjoy. 
and enjoy it because they come home from work in their artificial environments full of stress and they want to zonk out and they do they, they go off into an alpha state and get totally brainwashed look at their jaws drop open after they've eaten as they sit in front of that blaring piece of plastic and glass total indoctrination Skinner said it said if you want to alter people you alter something in their environment put something there that wasn't there before and we alter accordingly the definition for technology is something introduced into society which alters the people's reality quite something but I'll put all these links up on my site after the end of the show and believe you me this new economic order means we're all in it together like that old mantra you'll see in Brazil the comedy showing us through comedy form what was coming we're all in it together posters and speeches everywhere will have that in it we're interdependent you see interdependent and that's one of the reasons they have to create the private armies because they discussed this in the Council on Foreign Relations years ago they said it'd be very hard to create a nationalistic fervor amongst the troops that they're international for global society so that they find a new way of indoctrination and they do it very well when you have private recruits you can create a very special brotherhood of mercenaries who will do whatever they're told to do and everything now is public private the public pay for it the private companies reap the benefits and the profits same with the roads and everything else we build them through taxpayers money give them over for peanuts to the big boys friends all prearranged of course and then we pay for the maintenance of the roads as we pay also for the toll taxes and all the rest of it pure profit all the way but it's not corruption no no it's all quite legal they make laws to make it legal now we'll go to the phones now and we've got Rachel in North Carolina are you there Rachel hi yes hi um, I'm glad to talk to you I listen to you all the time and um, at least since all this is happening we can have take some heart that we have a little bit of our mind left yes um, I was going to ask you if you have watched that documentary called the money masters yes I think I have yeah it's um what what's just so fascinating to me about it um, and I've tried to get other people to watch it but it's a big bore to them yes it's just how even in the time of Caesar this same thing was happening where these central banks would just take over and loan this money out mm -hmm. with they're, they're setting the interest they're setting the prices on everything yep. and then they just flood the market mm -hmm. with all this money all this credit and then when they decide to pull back and crash everything they just decide to do it yes oh yeah and then every single generation even you know like if you watch that movie network the mm -hmm. same exact thing was happening Sure. And people just, when I tell them, you know, with this whole bailout thing that's happening, I tell them, you know, the same thing was happening back in the 70s, the same thing. <laughs> I yes, mean, they just have no concept. And they think I'm the crazy one. Mm -hmm. When I say there is an alternative plan, 
we don't have to pay off the bankers. We can pay off the mortgages. Mm-hmm. You know, not that that's the best alternative, but it's way better than people out on the street starving. Absolutely. And they, will, they won't be happy till they do get to people on the street starving, and then they'll point to them and say, look, there's just too many people for sustainability. You can see it for yourself. That's how it will be presented to the public. Yeah. And it's like, you know, basically I've, I've told every single person at my work, <laughs> which, um, you know, the majority of them think, you know, you know, you're one of those is what they say. Yeah. But then I pull them out of our office building on the days when there's chemtrails, just like literally in blocks yes. all over the place. And I say, how can you explain this to me? Why, why is this happening? Yeah. And they tell me this is contrails or cloud seeding or whatever. I know. I know. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's just like, you know, they deny it, deny it, deny it. And then it's like right there in your face. And they're pushing the whole flu vaccine thing at my work, free flu vaccines. And I'm just like, please take at least 15 minutes to look on YouTube or anywhere on the Internet and just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I just, I mean, at this point, it's like so overwhelming. That's right. That's that I don't, you know, I don't even know what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. And, And that's the key to it. You see, most people, you're seeing that the effect perfect indoctrination. That's what we're noticing all around us. There are those who are perfectly indoctrinated. In fact, they made lots of movies about zombie people and zombies and so on. That was mm-hmm. literally their big joke on the general population. Yeah. And, and it's sure enough, you, you feel you're in the movie and the zombies are becoming more and more and there's fewer and fewer of you who are still truly human and sentient. And we've got to hold on through this. We've got to hold on and come through this because we're the only ones with the information, the knowledge, and the memory who can put this across to to future generations, and that's going to give them big problems, and they know it too. They know this, but it has to be done. I mean, I just thought I could just make tons of these copies, but it's like some people that even they agree with me because, you know, I I give them these documentaries and everything, and they they listen to them. Like the very next day, they could, like, backslide. Yes. They're like back to thinking, oh, no, it's just, it's, there's no conspiracy. And I'm just like, yes. wow, you, see, you know, you, I you spent cannot, all that uh, time. You, you can't compete with the mainstream media when the people have become addicted to it. And mm-hmm. that's what Brzezinski said in his book, uh, Between Two Ages. He said yeah. that uh, people will be unable to, to reason for themselves, that they'll expect the media to do the reasoning for them. You, they've been brought up that way. They've never had to truly fathom anything in depth. Uh, they leave it to the experts. They're trained that way. Uh, we also find books like with Kessler, Ghost in the Machine, working with the United Nations with think tanks to find ways to lobotomize that part of the brain, which was your individualism, which gave you the ability to think for yourself. I think it's, it's pretty well happened with most people, I must admit. Mm-hmm. So I don't paint a, a pretty picture. However, because there are still of those out there who can understand this, who don't crumble and become psychotic under the knowledge that you, you gain, uh, I think there's still a chance yet for some of us to come through, and it might be intergenerational. Remember, these groups have run this world intergenerationally, and it takes a long time to, to start moving them off their course. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing is, like like you were saying, they just, they, and this is something my husband said too, is they move so slowly, you know, and yeah. then, all of the people that do, you know, kind of they're waking up and stuff, they, they think this big thing is coming, you know, this big 
Yeah, there's always a final day. Yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, they're just moving so slow, we can't even see it because, like, they've already just passed these laws. You know, they've already just created these organizations. They're just, you know, they're just moving along so slow. And that's why they gave us the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. They told us to play, 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 have fun uh, while they were setting up the the big groups that would run our lives in the future. You're right, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, but, but you've um, got to hang in there, and as I say, as long as some of us still know this, then our minds are still operating properly, we're still aware, and, and, and that alone is hope, because all of us technically should be just as brainwashed as the rest of them, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been successful. Yeah, there's some hope, I'm hoping. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's tough, though. I mean, there's, it's few and far between, honestly. I mean, I could tell... You know, ten people, and maybe one person listens, and and you know, at least I know when they come back to me with their own stuff that at least they've actually looked into it, and they think, you know, oh, okay, there's something to this. But yeah. for them to really believe that this is an all-encompassing thing, yeah. where you know they've taken over the education, they've taken over, you know, all these you know non-governmental organizations that are working outside of the government. Like it, it actually pains me when I see an Obama or a McCain sticker because I, I know that person's lost. Yes. They think there's some kind of hope. That's right. You know that this person's going to pull us out of something, and then it's like you know, they're just not getting it. They, they never will, and most people will never get it, unfortunately. But, but, but thanks for calling and hang in there. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the Matrix. Matrix is the the fake reality we're all given, the one that ties us up our whole lives long as we worry and scurry and listen to trivia and get worried about someone's breast job that's gone all wrong with some Hollywood bimbo and so on. That's what we're given. And politics too. Funnily enough, I saw a video recently with uh, Obama uh, talking about world citizenship. Again, a world citizen is running for the presidency. A world citizen. The Rockefeller Group, World Citizenship, that's the man who dishes out world citizenships. And most big players that you'll ever hear are world citizens already, and their fathers before them. And they're, now they're announcing it publicly, and the public still don't get it. They don't hear the parts they're not conditioned to hear. So we'll go to uh, Amber from British Columbia. Are you there, Amber? Yes, Hello, I'm Am- here. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you? Not so bad. Cool. Um, yeah, this is really cool to talk to you. I usually work every weekday so and just get home um, when you're finishing, so it's uh-huh. a holiday today, so I get to talk to you. Um, I know we don't have much time right now, but uh, actually I sent you a check, uh, probably the smallest check you've ever gotten. <laughs> That's all right. Don't worry about it. I don't yeah, get much. But, uh, I'm so broke. But I had to send you something because I listen to you like a lot. So. And, well, I appreciate um, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, like, soy and the vegetarian thing, because I was actually, I was a vegan for three years um, until last month. Um, I actually gave it up because I heard you talk about soy. I heard Alex Jones talk about soy, and I did a lot of research on it, And because um, I thought, I mean, I know the GMO 
soy is is bad. Yeah. But um, so I thought I was I was doing okay by doing the organic thing, but turns out that I think there's actually a lot of problems with it. I think it's like a total agenda on its own. And uh, it is whatever they promote, I do the opposite. Whatever they tell me is yeah. good for me, I avoid. And when they push the soy products uh, years ago, I knew there was something bigger behind it. You see, yeah, food, I read I read that in times of famine, like only really poor people ate it, and like the grazing yeah. animals didn't even want to eat it, and and it, it has to be so heavily processed even for us to like be able to digest it and eat it. So yeah. I don't think it's really natural. It's not natural, <laughs> and, and not only that, because it's called organic, something. doesn't mean it's not GMO. You see. It could be really? organically grown, but, but still modified. And the, oh, the ones really? which are uh, not organically grown and still modified are those so heavily with chemicals, um, and plus they produce their own chemicals and herbicides. I mean, it's a poisonous stuff. And when, you see, they took over the food industry a long time ago, and food has always been used in the ages, down through the ages, as a weapon. And so yeah, I'm very, very cautious about Yeah, it's the most powerful weapon because what we need <laughs> to live. Yes, you have to be. Mm-hmm. And most flour and, and everything who, that went into candies, even you'll, you'll notice now it's all soya. It's all from everything. There's soya, soya in everything. everything now. now that I read stuff, like even you don't even have to be a vegan to um, to consume a lot of soy because they put it in everything. And yeah. And um, but you, yeah, you have to it's really bad. Do you think start, it's going to be hard to, to get organic food in the next yeah. couple of years? Because I, I mean, I gave up veganism, but you know. If I do eat meat or, or dairy, I, I usually try to stick to organic because yeah. <laughs> it's obviously a lot safer. <laughs> but it's do safer. you think it's going to become harder yeah. to get organic food? And more expensive. More expensive, definitely. I've already noticed that. Yeah. Um, well, well, thanks for calling in. That's the, that's the music coming in. And from Hamish myself, up in a very heavily sprayed sky, Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and your God. Or your gods go with you.